So here wow. we are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Finally. I have no notes on this because... <gasps> no notes. Well, I watched it as it came out and I really didn't feel like rewatching this shit. Oh, so, no. Are you relying on me? I mean, there are things that I will talk about that are just seared into my skull, but mm-hmm. obviously I'm going to work off of your commentary because I'm very, very curious. And again, now I finally have somebody to talk to about it. So I'm just excited for that. Okay, well, then let's just dive in now. This is I Hate It. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. We are discussing The Idol from HBO, a five episode was supposed to be six episode series that Mm -hmm. has created a lot of controversy and I get it now. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, I think we'll probably jump all over the place since we oh, watched it yeah. all at once. Well, not all at once. I watched it all at once. But since we watched it already, all of the episodes, I imagine yeah. there's going to be some blurring between the action. And I found in comparison, probably the first, again, there's only five episodes. So there's not much to go off of, but I felt like one and two were fucking boring as shit. Yeah, the first episode in particular was a hot waste of time. It was such a waste of time. It didn't even give you a stepping stone into what the fuck we're supposed to be paying attention to. Because, yeah, man. I mean, they just hit us with a really good cast at first. And you're like, yes, oh, shit. I got to have. I didn't know Dan Hank Levy was in it. And I was so Dan excited. Levy, Hank Azaria, Eli Roth. I love Hank Azaria. Troy Savon. Oh, what's her name? Jane, Jane Adams. I don't Did know. you ever see the movie Orange County? No. Well, Colin Hanks. Oh, my God. Okay. I need our listeners to just work with me here. Oh, God. So the actress who played Nikki, the label, like the label producer person, she now she had a very small role in this movie, but it'll always stay with me. Yes, Jane Addams. Just I just want to get that right. In Orange County, it was the it was an old movie, but a goodie. Colin Hanks was in it. Jack Black was in it. John Lithgow, Leslie Bibb. Like it, it was a great fucking cast. And at one point, Jack Black goes to the admissions building of the college that Colin Hanks wants to go to. He wants to help him get in. And Jane Adams is the one working the admissions office. And Jack Black and her end up getting high and burning up the admissions office. And they come out of the building just in their underwear. (laughs) No idea what happened, where they are, who they are. And it's just this woman. All I see is this character. And it was, she probably had two lines. But I'll always remember her being in that movie. And now this one, she's this like... I don't want to say a bitch. No, hot take here. I thought she was great. Like, yes, insensitive at times, but given the business that she works in and the position that she works in, I think and she who the was. the fuck she's dealing with. Right. I think she was really practical the entire time. And, like, for the most part, reasonable. If not a little bit callous, then definitely yeah. reasonable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I felt like right out the gate, they tried to really kind of hit us with these great, this great ensemble. Mm-hmm. And that slowly trickled as the episodes went on. Yeah. And I think I had a hard time. The show was like trying to point us in the direction of who we needed to be sympathetic towards. And I mm-hmm. I never felt like my natural emotions were going in that direction. So no. when we were supposed to feel bad for Jocelyn, I didn't really feel bad for Jocelyn. Or I didn't feel bad enough to justify her behavior, I guess. And yeah. the same thing with Tedros. I mean, and we can talk about this more. Towards oh, I never 
never felt bad for him. Towards the end, though, they wanted you to. And it was like, what Still the fuck do. are you doing? <laughs> it was a weird... And I with Jocelyn, I felt like they never gave us enough of the story. No, and, and at the end, they tell us that a lot of it isn't true. So, like... <laughs> Dude, when I tell you, when I watched episode one through four, I'm like, what are we doing here? How is this supposed to end? Who's going to die? Because I really thought somebody was going to die. I also thought someone was going to die. I thought the ex-boyfriend was going to die. And he kind of does. I mean, his reputation dies. (laughs) Oh, forget it. Yeah, he was just totally (laughs) murdered in that aspect. And then we get to the fifth episode. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yay. He's done. We're done. Mm -hmm. Everybody's happy. I I mean, everything came to light now. We got a perfect a perfect show to put on da 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 and then you just find out the whole thing was a lie and you're like fuck like you had the same reactions as like Nikki and Hacka's area like they're yes. sitting there like what the fuck is going on we just spent all this money and time trying to <laughs> make sure this didn't happen burn this motherfucker <laughs> and nothing happened and all the recaps i read of course like i mean it's obvious it's it's she's the master manipulator but what a way to get there yeah we definitely have to go back and start at the beginning because there's like so much to to dissect in that ending but basically they're setting the stage for us that jocelyn is this very damaged singer dancer songwriter celebrity yeah a pop yeah a pop star of the ages right she's an idol (laughs) as they like to they, I mean, people have written recaps and stuff like that, have said, uh, of Britney Spears, if you will. Yeah, like that they do, they do of, that direct comparison to Britney Spears, yeah. Spears, actually, and it's because she had a complete mental breakdown after her mother died and they mm-hmm. had to cancel a tour and re- refund tickets and so her, I guess, uh, what would you call Eli Roth? What was he in? in... He's the, he worked for Live Nation so he was the ticket guy. Okay, yeah. So he's constantly upset about the money that it's costing to try to fund this girl's comeback, which I am fully understanding of. Mm-hmm. She does not seem mentally stable in any way, shape, or form. So, no. <laughs> so I understand his hesitations. And I think, I'm trying to remember if it was the first... Oh, no, it was the second episode. So let me just stay in the first episode for a minute. So the first episode... There is a nude photo that is leaked of Jocelyn, and it's her post-blowjob with cum on her face. Yep. And everybody's freaking out like this is the end of the world. And they don't want to tell her because they're afraid she's going to (laughs) spiral. And they do tell her, and she's kind of okay with it, or at least is managing her feelings about it reasonably well, I guess. But I don't know. The five alarm fire, I just feel like it wasn't that. Maybe, am I missing something there no I agree with you because doesn't this happen all the time with celebrities yes and the way they were acting I kind of felt like guys she's getting publicity though like isn't that what you want because you're worried about ticket sales and shit like that and getting her back on her feet I mean this is gonna do it I mean she's she's in people's mouths gross figuratively gross (laughs) (laughs) sorry yeah i mean i i don't want to downplay the the traumatic aspect of having a personal photo like that leaked to the to the world right but their reaction to not letting her know or trying to keep it from her for a while was odd because i feel like right from the get-go she doesn't seem like the type of girl that that would bother or yeah she knew what she was doing when it was happening and doesn't really give a shit 
Right. Yeah. And her brand is sexy. It's not like, I mean, they say that she has 14 year old fans and stuff, which I I guess most pop stars do. But her material, like that music video that they were shooting was incredibly sexual. So how are you saying like this photo is inappropriate, but like everything else we're doing over here is fine? (laughs) Exactly. Like it kind of goes hand in hand. And I mean, the song they're trying to sell is called World Class Sinner. Like, I mean, that's pretty obvious right there. And that picture is doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, even that beginning, they were, it was a photo shoot for the album cover? What was? Honestly, first episode, first opening. opening. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. And then there was that whole thing about whether or not she could show nipples. And not those, sorry. Her, her, her contract states that she could only show side boob and like side profile kind of stuff. And they were going to have to delay the shoot if she wanted to bare her nipples for the world to see. And Hank Azaria basically locks the contract guy in the bathroom. That was like, so funny. Yeah, we're just not going to talk about this ever again. But I found it so funny because it's like in this day and age with technology and just like, you know, Photoshop and shit. Couldn't you just airbrush half these pictures? If you saw a nip, you just fix it. Yeah, but I think she was a little bit more. I mean... If she's she wanted facing, it. Yeah, if she's facing yeah. the camera with her nips out and you airbrush those, um, she's going to look like well, a I mean, Barbie. You could, you could kind of move the... <laughs> oh, the robe. Like, you know, yeah. right, like kind of like oh. fixate it. Can we talk just briefly about what she was wearing in this entire five-episode series? Uh, that would not cover anything for No, me. she wore so <laughs> many shirts where it was just like the tiniest strip of fabric over her boobs. It was like a rubber band. It's like, how is it even staying? She had to have been using tape. I don't understand. And like half the time she's walking around in what can generously be described as lingerie with her Mm -hmm. ass out. It's like super short. It's like, who the fuck dresses like this and goes out in public? Right. She has an amazing ass, though. She's got a great body. She looks amazing. Oh, yeah. No. Yes. She does have a great body. Like no notes on that. But, you know, and then you just see, they don't really waste time in showing just how much she's lacking in her just enthusiasm for wanting anything to go forward. So, like, she has all her dancers and the choreographer in her yard doing the routine, which I thought was a great routine. And she's just, her head is not in the game, but she does, like, and you could tell she just doesn't care. But part of me also feels like this doesn't seem like somebody that just came off of a nervous breakdown either no like it was a weird it was a weird thing because the the debate that she's constantly having with herself throughout the show and what tedros ultimately fixes in her is this question of are my songs superficial i don't feel like there's anything deep or anything true underneath am i selling out basically right And, you know, her producers are all like, listen, we got to sell records here. So you need to actually put out songs that people are going to listen to and that are going to be popular. But she she seems to care so much what other people think. And that's in direct contrast with, I guess, how she really feels. And so I think that's where we're seeing the issue. But that seems to have nothing to do with her mother's death or the no mental breakdown that she had. So I almost I don't even really know why her mother had to die. <laughs> you know, like, why did that even right. need, need to be part of the story? Because she was already feeling conflicted for this reason. She could have had a mental breakdown about this. Yeah. You know? I mean, the pressure, the paparazzi, something else. I'm surprised 
this didn't give her a mental breakdown as we go on and just meeting Tetros and his cult, I guess. I'm going to use it because if everybody's saying it, I'm going to say it. Uh, you know, having finished the show now, I don't actually understand why people were calling it a cult. Like, I kind of get it, yeah, but at the same time, it's not cult in the traditional sense of being a cult. Yeah. So I feel like that set me up for a different perspective on what this was going to be. And it was not really what I was imagining. And I think once I heard or read cult, I was more intrigued. I'm like, well, this is going to be good. Like, it could have I mean, been better. <laughs> and looking at it in more of that like true crime lens but yeah after all said and done with this stupid fucking choreography she gets it done once but she also has a backup dancer diane who is phenomenal who keeps like stepping in for her and Mm -hmm. basically covering for her diane ends up bringing her to the club and you could tell like nobody knows she's there until it's called out like nobody gives a fuck about her honestly yeah and it's i mean i could only imagine the amount of drugs and (laughs) all that going on but still it was just a matter of like when tedros calls her out it was probably the most awkward thing because you're kind of like oh my god so awkward and i can't even nobody cares that any celebrity (laughs) wants to be outed like that when they're out having a good time at a club so yeah you know even if that was her crowd of people because honestly even after that nobody seemed to really swarm her no, nobody like batted an eye. <laughs> so nobody like, they really didn't turn around. No. But assuming that you were at like a, a club where your fans might be, like that's just inviting people to basically attack you. But he calls her out in the crowd and is like, oh, I gotta have a dance. I gotta have a dance. So he goes to dance with her for some reason. And I think maybe this is the biggest flaw of the entire show. For some reason, she's attracted to this man. Can you explain to me, please, what is attractive about Tedros? <laughs> I want I want to so badly be able to be like, but no, <laughs> this is why. He's not even no. the charismatic cult leader type. He's got this trench coat in L.A. Who the fuck is walking around wearing a trench coat in L.A.? It's the rat tail wig uh, that he's fucking wearing that is disgusting. It's not good. It bothered me so much because I find The Weeknd attractive. I love his music. I love his music. There's something appealing about his look normal (laughs) not this look (laughs) but this just and then again as the show goes on and just his character I was more and more disgusted and it was so difficult to watch any scene with him yes he looks so greasy and just so slimy I don't understand how yet his fingers were freshly manicured all the time okay I I do I do appreciate that in a man I really do clean nice hands yep yeah but I just can't, I can't wrap my head around what the fuck someone like Jocelyn was doing with somebody like him. Yeah. That is not, that is not computing for me. And again, if they had gone in the cult kind of direction, this should be a very charismatic person. He's not even that well-spoken. No. There's no banter. There's no flirting. He's just quietly aggressive all the time. I felt like he was a mute in a way. Like, unless he was addressed, he barely spoke. And whenever he did, he was always angry. Like, he always had an attitude about something. Yes, attitude. That's what I was going to say. Like, just 
somebody pissed him off no matter Huge what they chip did. chip on his shoulder. They looked at him the wrong way and he had something to say about it. If you're trying to win somebody over, and not just somebody, but their whole fucking team to take over, basically, because yeah. that's his goal. Be a little nicer. I right. don't know. Yeah. And Accommodating, maybe. No, not pushy. I think that's it. He like, he shows everybody who he is off the bat. And so it's so confusing that everyone's just, like, accepting of him. I mean, not That was the worst but... part. Yeah, it's... <sighs> It's Nobody was baffling. that concerned. No, except for, except for Leia, who I could not. God bless Leia. I couldn't tell if she was supposed to be kind of quirky or if she was legitimately mentally slow in some way, because the way that she talked and was kind of passive and allowed people to walk all over her kind of gave me the impression that she didn't have a lot of confidence and maybe that that came from a disability of some kind but it was just kind of like at first especially in the first episode I was like what is this girl's deal agreed as it goes on I guess or again as we find out about the whole turnaround of events but I think it was a manipulation tactic on Jocelyn's part and I I think because she doesn't have such great self-confidence in herself it was more of a as long as I follow her lead like I have somebody or Jocelyn is in a in a place of power sort of so she has this connection where she's gonna have a place to live she's gonna have you know like that kind of a thing and I'm gonna follow her lead and not piss her off because I can't lose these things and again it's a show where we really got no background on anybody else Right. So you can't assume what her life is normally like. Yeah, we we come to understand that they were friends. They were like best friends. And then she became her personal assistant, her her live in personal assistant. I was getting exhausted watching her open those heavy curtains every morning and waking that her up. That was exhausting. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus Lord, they're like 50 pounds of fucking panel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but to live in that house and have my own room in that house. Would oh, have been... yeah, you could have. There's three swimming pools. I'd get my own pool. You could sleep in a different room every night of the week. Which I will say, apparently that that's the weekend's house. They filmed oh. entirely in his house. I know. Uh, see, uh... <sighs> I don't, I, the more I find out about him, the more I don't like him. And it's just like, <sighs> it's because he really had his name on this project. He and did. And he defended the shit out of it. And uh, I think. But he, his comebacks were very understandable because like people would diss the shit out of it and tag him in it. And he's like, then stop watching. <laughs> like true. Yeah. Stop fucking watching yeah. if you hate it. Like he, and he made it a point to say like I'm acting I would not have been able to do this if I was anything like this character oh and it's yeah like, well okay, I think fine. that's a very convenient excuse and we'll get into I it really the, hope he's not like with this, the second cause... episode because that is the particular scene that he was defending that sex scene towards the end yeah so we'll get there in a second but I mean I wish I could stop watching but we do this podcast so here we are mm. I give you so much credit. You literally did a marathon of it. And <laughs> my my head literally hurt afterwards. It was not pleasant. So yeah. they bang in the club, basically. And then she invites him over to her house the next day or something. And Leia's like, yeah, big mistake. I really wish you wouldn't do that. And she's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And she plays her song for him. And he's like, I know what this needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I got you, babe. Here's what we need to do. And he covers her head with a hood, robe, something. I think the hood of the robe, maybe. Something like that. And 
<laughs> takes out a knife and slits a hole across the mouth so that she'll be able to breathe slash sing. But I really feel like there was probably a safer way to do that because what if he missed? <laughs> So. And the material was a little thinner that I think she could have breathed through it, but I get what he, he was doing with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, it was the stupidest fucking attempt at what they needed for the song. <laughs> right. So what they needed for the song was basically for Jocelyn to sound like she was having sex while she was singing it. So they re-record this track, presumably with him molesting her while she's trying to sing these yeah beats. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then it became the whole song yeah I now every that's time all I you say, heard yeah, all I'm thinking of is yeah no yeah. so so yeah she, she's super excited and plays this new version to her team and Nikki is like I'll go first this fucking sucks we're not using it and she's all upset and it's like well yeah I mean First of all, their other version was literally ready to go. It was packaged and ready mm-hmm. to release. And so for her to re-record at the last second, she's like, well, it's not done. And it's like, well, I mean, we've got this finished version that doesn't sound like you're having an orgasm. And so we're going to use that. <laughs> and she's really upset. As you were saying before, Nikki is like the voice of reason. So anything she said... At one point, they were, like, upset with her because she mentioned something like, oh, because I think it was brought up about defending her and the fact that, like, oh, her mom just died. It's like, and yeah. Nikki's like, everybody dies. <laughs> yeah, she's like, people die. <laughs> like, no that happens. Like, that's not, like... I have one question. Why didn't anybody stick this girl in therapy? That feels like the obvious thing. Right. They never went down the line or even let us know... That she had gone to therapy at Right, or that there was any type of attempt at helping her. No, I mean, at some point, I think Hank Azaria says, like, we spent, like, eight months trying to get you back on your feet. And Mm. so I don't know what that means. Maybe that did entail therapy, but I really do wish we would know for sure because that seems like plan A. And if she did go, it didn't help. Yeah, (laughs) it did not stick. It did not stick. She should still be in therapy if she's having these breakdowns. Oh, my God. I mean, and then another... I think this might have been before they recorded their version. She starts to play the song for herself. And then she starts like diddling herself with a cup of ice. Oh, yes. What the fuck was that? And then she likes to choke herself this as she does been- oh, it yeah, as well. Yeah. So that, those are two different scenes. So the masturbation oh, scene okay. was, I think, when she came home from the club. and she's- Yes, because then it was after that that she decides to call him and have him come by. Yes, and because he does the thing with the ice on her thigh. Oh, he did the ice. Well, he did it then and then later on when she's trying to text him to get him to come over again and he's not responding, then she does it to herself with the glass yes. and... And apparently and the it breaks. Cuts. <laughs> and she has cuts all over her inner thighs, which we now will get into in episode two. <sighs> yes. Actually, we did already get into episode two because apparently the playing for the production. Oh, yeah. Team. And actually, I have a quote here from Nikki. Not all oars are in the water. <laughs> and I really, really love that to describe someone who's not all there. <laughs> it's it's a new one, that's for sure. Not one I've heard before. I uh, love it. So I just want to quickly mention how when she's trying to get Tedros to come over and she's like texting and calling him, he's not answering. But it cuts to a scene with Isaac and Isaac's like on the phone and he's talking to Leia. Leia. 
And it's like, what, like what's going on here? Cause it almost looked like business was happening. There are these little booths and, and there's just people around and it's sort of setting this like weird vibe for what Tedros might be up to, but you're still not really sure what the hell is going on. Right. Cause I think, I think they're at his club and yes. this is where, this is one of the scenes that kind of, I guess, gives off the culty vibe where it's Tedros kind of putting Isaac in this position, like, okay, now you go. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the ch- you know, trains in motion. It's your turn. Right. You gotta, you know, manipulate this basically. Yes. And I think that was mostly for management because Leia, I, maybe he already sensed that Leia was not on Team Tedros and so mm-hmm. just needed Isaac to get in there to distract her while he sank his hooks further into Jocelyn. Which she ends up being very mesmerized by Isaac, which I'll be honest, kind of mesmerizing. Yeah, yeah, but I did get gay vibes off of him, so I so was I. confused that he was interested in Leia. I thought he was with the other guy. Well, not with the other guy, but I thought they were fooling around. Yeah. The guy with the tattooed head. What oh, was his name? Mitch. Marcos? I think it was Mitch. Mitch. Oh, some with an M. Yeah. So after this, Jocelyn has to go shoot this music video that they were rehearsing for in the first episode. And she's three hours late because makeup had to spend extra time airbrushing the cuts on her thighs which are like raw so i could understand why that took three hours yeah honestly like i i don't know and this this whole scene made me uncomfortable because of the shoes too oh oh don't even that gave me the i i always call it like a wee pain have i brought this up what A wee pain. Okay. Like you get a pain down there because it hurt. The idea of it hurting. Like it's called. A, like we. I, is it we like W-E like we are both feeling this pain? Or? No, like we W-E-E. Like oh. A wee wee pain. Like a wee pain. In your vagina? Yeah. Even though it like was that, her like, foot? Right. But the idea of a pain. Goes like right you to your vagina. Kinda, like. <laughs> I think he needs to analyze this because this is a weird association. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it other than it's just that like reaction you get when your body tenses up and like you feel a shock through your system because something grosses you out, but it goes through there and I don't know why. Okay. I've never had a wee pain before. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. We'll use that instead. Yes. I had to look away because it just grossed me out, but she was wearing these high heels dancing around for like multiple hours because she can't get this fucking take right. Like she just can't do it. And she's like obsessed with getting it absolutely perfect. But it went from her just annoyed and like listening to them say cut next next to where something goes off in her head and Mm -hmm. she starts getting super obsessed about it. And then that's when we see the scene with the shoes and her feet and God to fuck watching her try to put those on. I I know. I can't even like. How do you walk after that? How do you perform? Even if you've ever worn a pair of really high heels and you've taken them off for like five minutes and then you have to put them back on. Even if you've ever done that, that's like a small fraction of what this girl was doing. (laughs) And you know. Yeah, like once they're off, they're off. Yeah, you know how like you're just like, fuck, I don't want to put these back on. I will do anything to not have to put these shoes back on. I also found it interesting that why they would need to airbrush so much when I think wasn't she wearing like 
fishnets or some type of stocking that I think would have just just like camouflaged that area. Yeah, I genuinely don't think it would have been very noticeable. It wasn't like she was doing like wide splits. Right, in but front it was the, the excuse. It was like the excuse that needed to happen. Yeah, but. I also don't think it would take three hours just to airbrush one area. Mm-hmm. So like she has, she just has no concept of how much money she's costing people at any given time. And although I do agree with her when she said she wanted to like cut the shoot for the day and try again tomorrow because she obviously was not capable of doing this on that day and they finally get one good take but it's blurry so that's annoying but she has this mental breakdown on the set she starts crying and calling out to her mom right like her mom is out there somewhere and she's trying to get her attention and it's like very uncomfortable (laughs) for everyone for everybody and it was just and the woman producing it Mm -hmm. so fucking fed up yeah I don't blame her at all (laughs) not at all and I can only imagine what those type of shoots are like in real life yeah like just that whole like we have an allotted amount of time Mm -hmm. you're fucking this up I don't care how much money you have right that's not the point it's what we have to work with and you're fucking this whole thing up Mm -hmm. and during that shoot diane is singing and nikki hears her singing and basically calls her over and has her sing the song and this opens up what i was hoping was going to be a happy ending uh (laughs) for somebody on the sidelines who doesn't get much attention right because they they single her out as being the best dancer of the group and they're Mm -hmm. like well now that we know you can also sing let's get you doing a couple of shoots here like let's let's see how you do in this you know so that this whole day basically is not a waste yeah and she ends up doing the whole performance perfectly so then what what happens after that because i feel like that was the majority of that episode there was yeah that was a big chunk of it we also get to see diane goes back to tedros and they have that weird conversation alluding to the fact that this was all a setup and at the time i was like why is this a setup that's weird yeah and also we have haim and destiny destiny love destiny i loved her too she was great (laughs) they are starting to look into tedros because they're like this guy is bizarre and Mm -hmm. they're looking into his background they find out his real name and that he was once in prison for assaulting his ex-girlfriend and holding her captive for like three days it all it all makes sense right yeah none of that kind of surprised me right like if they found that out i mean it's nothing you know least surprising thing pretty much what they thought was gonna happen yeah so then she invites tedros and he like kind of brings his whole crew with him and they take over yeah and then tedros is basically like well I should move in. (laughs) And it's like, hmm, maybe not. Doesn't skip a beat. And she doesn't hesitate either. And she's like, that sounds like a good idea. I would like that, whatever it is. Yeah. And he starts making moves, which I'm not happy with. Because you know what? That chef was hot as fuck. And I'm very upset that he fired him. Oh, okay. Can we talk about this for a second? And this only is slightly related to the plot of this show. But it, it just <laughs> it just made me think if you could choose and either have a personal chef or a housekeeper, which one would you want? Personal chef. Yeah, I think so too. And like that surprises me because I hate cleaning, but I also really hate cooking for myself. So And we know I don't. So yeah. at least a chef would like get me to eat like normal right. meals. And would actually prepare like healthy, like good for exactly. you. Exactly. Without me having to think about that. 
Yep. Okay. So I'm glad we're going to. If I have to, that. yes. If I have to clean, I'm going to clean. It is what it is. But yes, if I had to pay somebody, I'm going there first. Yeah. Thousand percent. Great. Okay. And it would be him, and I would bone yeah, him. Yeah, it would. This counter. specific personal chef. <laughs> yes. So we can't move on quite yet because the end of episode two, I believe, is the infamous sex scene where. Yeah, that wasn't good, man. Yeah. So, can you even call it a sex scene? I guess As I was watching it, it I was kind of like, everybody's calling it a sex scene. Right. It's more of like a, a narration of sorts. Yes. I believe there is fellatio at the end there, though. So I guess right. technically it's okay. oral sex. But he blindfolds her again. And is <laughs> I'm like getting uncomfortable even thinking about because it was not good, like because also the way he said it fat tongue he said fat tongue I there wasn't like again were the writers already on strike because <laughs> it's not good and the way he said it and just he there was nothing sexy about it he didn't give off this sexy vibe saying this stuff no. If you have to say these words, fix your demeanor because it, it's not. Take off work. the trench coat. <laughs> Take off the trench coat. Cut the Snip rat, the rat tail. tail. Put a hat on or something. <laughs> Just try that like, thing up for God's cover sake. Cover it up. I don't care how dark it is in the room. I can still see it. And she was blindfolded, but like we can see it. And he's like halfway across the room telling her these things too. Like it's one thing if he was like all up in her ear and maybe whispering sweet nothings, but at the same Or saying it right to her vagina, which is <laughs> might as well. It was uncomfortable. And this is the Oh, scene. with Chloe in the closet just yeah. watching. And this is the scene that he defends, saying, like, I would never behave like this. And you know, that's the whole point. Like I couldn't possibly play a character like this. If they were just like me. And it's like, oh, that's a really interesting defense for yourself. I feel like maybe that's because it was so like it was so awkward because he was uncomfortable acting it himself. I don't know. And honestly, you don't think he, so. I'm trying to defend him a little bit. I feel like he's not that good of an actor. No. And so <laughs> definitely not. And so for him to say that the reason he seems so awkward in the scene is because he was acting real hardcore that he was awkward. It's like, I don't know, maybe you're just awkward, dude. This seems like maybe it's just how you are. <laughs> this should not have been his first project. I, I can't he, he had that brief cameo in uh Uncut Gems. Oh right. Oh my god. Julia Fox blew him in the bathroom. But anyway. <laughs> And it was club related too. Like, yeah, get out of that. Get out of that comfort I zone. I think he bro. fits that role though of the scummy club guy, which is why I don't think he's acting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is just who he is. Very possible. Very possible. Oh, so anyway, moving on to the third episode. My first note. My first note here is I don't know what Leia is getting paid, but she needs a goddamn raise because this is the opening scene where they're driving into town and they're in the back seat. And mm. he, he's going down on her in the backseat of this convertible. And poor Leia is just chauffeuring them around. And it's like, oh, I yeah, hope you're she... getting paid well. And I hope Isaac's really giving it to you, which I think he is. So I It think seems like okay he was. There. And I'm glad she has that distraction. But I think she's also, we know, smart enough to ignore it sometimes because she knows what's going she on. Questions I mean, she doesn't Isaac. know, but she's questioning it. Yeah, she's, she's aware of... 
yeah the insane situation surrounding her and right she knows something is off and she just doesn't know what it is she's trying to alert time and time and destiny she thinks they're not taking her seriously but they kind of are they just i guess they don't want to alert jocelyn into knowing that they don't trust this guy and so they kind of send destiny in as like an undercover agent so to speak which is amazing (laughs) because i love how she's basically like let's kill this motherfucker yeah it's like yeah let's do that yeah we need to get rid of this guy and i like how she did it too because she just starts making friends with all the people that are in this little cult group who you can tell are so damaged oh my god yes Especially Chloe, Chloe, who has a voice of an angel. is my and... fucking favorite. Get this girl a movie. What yeah. the hell? I was obsessed with her. I wanted to know more. And the songs that she writes are so... Ow. They're deep and they they're... Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they, they hurt, hurt my soul. We need to just go back to the Rodeo drive yes, of it all. Yes, we can't skip that. <laughs> so they go into Valentino. Yeah. And... He, Tedros is like just playing the whole she's rich card, give her whatever she wants. Right. But it's like, who are you to say that? But whatever. Yeah, he's obviously just throwing his weight around. Yeah. And he called all of these groupies basically to show up and mob them when they go in. So it's like, okay. He's awful. He's so bad. He's the and worst. Then- and he's so transparent too. It's it's the worst. Yeah, exactly. Like try to like have just some, just back off a little bit. Because then he accuses the sale salesman of staring down jocelyn and gets all up in his fucking grill Mm -hmm. and it's like bro first of all relax chill the fuck out he's doing his job yeah like have you not been to a store before what are you doing and also yeah she's fucking rich so he's gonna want to be attentive to her so he gets the sale like i mean that's uh, again you not understand how retail works no i mean obviously he didn't care he was he was literally just trying to show how important and special he was because he's associated in relation yeah with jocelyn and even when he he's like questioning his taste too he's like no that's garbage no i don't like that like that's stupid like why would you ever suggest that she wear this basically telling him like you don't even know how to do your job properly like you suck at this he he he's wears fucking trash coats and talk. has a grand tail he's the last person to talk seriously like i've not seen anything from him that indicates to me he knows anything about fashion so i also find it funny that they went into valentino because that would not be the first place i would think that they would go and mm-hmm. then i'm thinking oh they needed to get the rights to this fucking store and probably the only brand that would put their name on it because of what happens (laughs) in the dressing room oh my god yes so after the whole incident with the sales guy he decides i guess to assert his dominance that now he must fuck jocelyn in the dressing room and so they're going at it and it's gross and he's starting to say like oh i want to come inside you she's like don't fucking come inside me he's like no i'm gonna do it i'm gonna come inside and she's like no and she pushes him out and he's like what the fuck that really hurt and she was like i don't give a shit and he's like well what am i supposed to do about this and she's like i don't care and she leaves it was the worst masturbatory acting i've ever seen in my life it was not great it was mm-hmm. not great. He's groaning. He's leaning against the wall. I thought he was trying to pass a kidney stone. The way his stance. He was in pain, it looked like. Yeah. And then he takes his hand because it gets on his hand, obviously. Obviously. And he, like, rubs it. On the clothes that on are in the, the dressing room. <laughs> it's not. It's 
not good. I read an article set that said that scene, I think, was different or changed. He was supposed to actually come inside her without her permission to do so. And then they took it out because they were like, that's rapey. And it's like, yeah, that's fucking rapey. It's very rapey. <laughs> yeah, that's like definition of rape. So I guess we should be glad that they did that. But at the same time, I didn't need to see any of it. So Right. We could have just skipped over that yeah, part. We, we just, didn't need to show yeah. it. You could have just not dealt with it. Ugh. But while this is happening, obviously Leia is still panicking. And she's like, we're still at the store. And she's like calling mm-hmm. Destiny and Haim. And they get back. Right? They get back? Yes. So, yeah, they get back. And this is roughly when he fires the personal chef. Because the personal chef was touching Jocelyn's stomach. And actually, when all is said and done here, I agree with Tedros being a little bit like mm, when his excuse for touching her was that his dad's a doctor and his sister's a doctor. And then he's like, well, are you a doctor? And he was like, no, but I know doctors. And then he said that line about like, well, I my friend's a gynecologist. I don't go around sticking mm-hmm. my fingers in people. And I'm like, you know what? That is a good point, though. Good point. It was just kind of like, yeah, though, you can't just say like, oh, I know a doctor. Let me just put my hands all over your body now. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was bad. That was weird. So he fires him, or at least Jocelyn fires him, basically. Yeah, but that made me sad because I feel yes. like if that would have gone differently had Tedros not been there. Yeah. And, yeah. So Time and Destiny basically are like, hey, it was great to meet you. Seems like everything here is under control and they like leave and then they have this dinner party and it's a really awkward dinner party because again, Tedros is just constantly trying to pick fights with people and Leia is trying to stick up for Jocelyn, but Jocelyn just is like so far gone at this point and this is when the story of her trauma comes out related to her mother and that her mother used to beat her with a hairbrush from the time she was three years old. And so she has this conflicting emotion surrounding her mom and her mom's death. And Tedros forces her into revealing this in front of the group, basically trying to get at her emotional core so that Mm -hmm. she feels like she's telling the truth, being honest about something, whatever. And I feel like we can just go ahead and say like later, this is revealed to not be true. So- Which is so fucking frustrating because A- it totally negates anybody who's ever had actual abuse. Right. Yeah. We can get to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the main thing of why that's so fucked up. But right. also, from this point on, the amount of times that he pushes for her to let out the trauma and all of that. Right. Confront her demons because he... She... He then, after that dinner party, says, do you still have the brush? Right. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And then he basically whips her. Yeah, with presumably it. beats her with it in front of everybody. Yeah. And then later on, the next episode says you need to speak your truth and has her do like an Instagram live to all of her right. fans. Right. Explaining. Admitting the whole trauma and all that. And it's like for it to not be true and her really give this performance is fucking insane. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. Right. And and again, it confuses the whole purpose of the story because they're saying that she has this trauma around her mother and her mother's death, but now did she have any trauma whatsoever? Did she care that her mom died? Maybe she didn't care at all. What is causing her breakdown and what is causing her to be so disturbed? Unless the breakdown is more so her annoyed with herself that she doesn't care enough, so she's forcing herself to 
paint this narrative that it was worse than it really was. I don't. I don't know. I, I that's have, all I could think of. Really, I mean, it would be dumb. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild to me that she would be willing to lie about trauma like this, but like abuse, like not just like not just like emotional abuse, like physical abuse. Right, and then she drags fucking what's his face into it, Xander. Which pissed me the fuck off because was it true or was it not true? Who was telling the truth here? Now, because now I have no idea because Xander gives a full yeah scope story that basically he's the one with the voice. He's got the talent, but Jocelyn's mom forced him to keep it under wraps, right? Because Jocelyn's the star, and you're living under this roof, and right, you know, you can't surpass her, and all that bullshit right and it seemed like a reputable story right it made sense given what we what we thought we knew about exactly mom exactly so when this episode is happening i'm like we are getting some right like i was kind of like okay now where has this drama been the first three episodes the plot is thickening but like way too late (laughs) yes the internal all this really deep-rooted shit we're finally getting it right under the wire and it turns out she well they abuse the shit out of him oh god what is the point of this though why are we abusing xander okay that's episode four Oh, sorry. We're we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just give me a second. Okay. Um. So, okay. I guess we can we can go there in a minute. I just want to go back to why this doesn't make sense for a second because I don't know what to think anymore about her mental stability and whether or not it was even triggered by her mom. And again, then like why make her mom part of it and was lying about the abuse to manipulate Tedros or her fans or both. And again, why is she okay using this to gain publicity if that was really what her goal was when she wasn't okay with using the nude photo from the first episode because I believe that's what starts this whole conversation is that Xander has the idea of using the nude for her album cover right which then Tedros is on board with like yeah right that's it like you're the genius here and actually I I do think that's a really good idea but it really is like (laughs) as as just as horrible as that is and as steer into the skin you know like just embrace it but she's like no that's really embarrassing and demeaning and but then she goes and makes up this story about her mom and it's like what are you right like what's worse at least we know the comes real so tedros hears xander singing in the shower the next day and he confronts this was creepy too yeah he is lurking in the doorway listening to him sing and finally confronts him and he's like hey jocelyn told me that your vocal cords are broken or this was a weird yeah this was a very and this annoyed me too because it was a lot of so and so told me right but we never saw those conversations we never heard those conversations Mm -hmm. So when did they happen? I mean, what is the time frame of this show? Except for the last episode, obviously, when we actually were told. I think it must be just a few weeks, maybe. Because the amount of stuff that's getting thrown around story-wise is... So what what I don't get really, though, is why Tedros wants to poke at this hornet's nest anyway. Like, what, what does he gain by exposing Xander? Unless he's trying to find out who's truly lying. But what does that matter? Given his past, 
from what we know now. Well, he frames it as a thing, as an issue of trust. And he's like, well, I can't trust Xander. But like, trust him with what? Like, what what exactly are you afraid he's going to do or compromise about your whole mission here? So he calls the whole group together, basically, and outs Xander's story and makes him wear the shock collar, which he starts shocking him when he's lying. And he's only he only knows that he's lying because Jocelyn's like, he's lying. Bitch. Also, she voluntarily brings him the collar. Yeah. Which was so gross because I found that to be like, she's this sidekick. Right. This is her at her worst for sure. Yeah. She's like knowing what he's going to do with it. Right. Like you are so fucked up. Right. And she's and she sells him. She at the end, she's like shock him again because why? I don't I don't know. Like part of me felt like they tried to play it as if Xander was telling the truth and she, of course, was going to deny, deny, deny. And the only way to get him to shut his mouth was to add to the abuse. But also like if you know you're lying, why are we doing that? But what's confusing to me is why was she concerned about what he was saying? What what was she implying was the the real story? Right, because if the mom was abusive, he's just adding to that. Right. He wasn't making the mom out to be a saint and then contradicting her stories. Right. And so and so what was what was I guess her... saying that he just admitting it all that he is the one with the talent, like he has great talent and that he was told to not show it and that makes her look bad, maybe. And I don't I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. understand any of this. Because, I mean, from what we gather also and are told, Tedros collects these people who need help, who are down on their luck. They all sing, though, which is wild. Yes. And some of them are better than others. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't... Yeah. When when they all go bananas for their individual performances at the end... <laughs> Which we will get to. <laughs> I was confused, because I think maybe the only person with Stark power was Chloe. Isaac was fine, oh, yeah. but I Isaac didn't think... Isaac was fine, he, too. I didn't think The performance was... of it all, I think, made it cheesier when it could have been better. Yeah. Again, Chloe's the only one that really gave anything, and then Xander sang an actual known song, so. Right. that help but it was just that other girl a lot of the other pl- key players in this crew they use their own names their names didn't change for the show oh yeah is this supposed to be their big break i don't know ramsey is the one that she's the dark hair and she mm-hmm. her song was weird but yeah like mitch bianca ramsey uh sophie again some of these we don't totally get upfront with but they all didn't change their name for their part so that's cool Okay, good for them. But yeah, their performances were just kind of like this weird, just trying to express themselves because they had no other outlet type of deal. Yeah, they're they're hippy dippy, and I I can understand why initially all of them were like, "What the fuck is happening? Like, what did we walk into? What is all of this? Please make it stop." And I was actually shocked that they got into it by the end because it was like, I don't, I don't understand. What's happening yeah here. but we have to go back for a second so yes i didn't want to keep going on that because i knew we were still uh yes so they have a party one night right yeah some kind of gathering and jocelyn invites oh, yes, yes, her yes. ex-boyfriend to come because because uh jocelyn finds out from chloe right yes because diane comes over to her at this party and she's like by the way i got this contract yeah is it okay yeah is it okay if i right. steal your is song? it okay <laughs> yeah 
They they really liked how I sang it and performed it. So yeah. can I have it? So then Chloe came over. Yeah, and it's like so. Diane was told to uh, bring it to the club, and uh, is basically one of his hench hench people. She yeah, she implies that Diane has a thing for Tedros, and so if she I think if, they dated. Yeah, or like they were like together. At she some asked point. him if Jocelyn fucks better than she does. So we yes. know that they have a history. But Chloe is basically like, yeah, she might not like you so much because you know she used to have a thing for Tedros and when she brought you to the club she didn't know that Tedros was gonna fuck you and then like presume like then fall in love right with you like she was bringing you you know because he was told to but he didn't think it would escalate recruiting basically for the the little coven of talent there we go a coven a coven of talent so yeah she's all pissed off at, at Tedros because now she's like that's not great so she texts her ex to come over and just out and front of him brings him upstairs yeah brings like, him just... upstairs because he and uh the ex have they take shots together for some reason this is great because also <laughs> at this point Tedros is like the sloppiest he's ever looked oh my god he's disgusting his hair is a mess he's got a bandana like around Ugh. he's he looks like he just has drool coming out of yes. his mouth like he just hides he's a mess yeah yeah strung out completely so doesn't he like puke after the shots too? I think so. Or he like almost like, oh, it's gross. It's gross. It's gross. So she takes him upstairs and just like very openly bangs him. And Tedros is like outside crying basically. Listening. <laughs> listening and crying. Listening and crying. He's so pathetic. He is the worst. So it's around this time that I think it was Isaac. Isaac said, or no, it wasn't the same night, but it was after the shocking incident. Isaac says to Xander that he's going to have to do something for Tedros. And so when the ex is coming down the stairs, he gets accosted by Xander and a fan. Yeah. One of the girls, I think, I don't know. Probably Sophie, the one I didn't know who the yes, fuck she I think was. That, yeah, I think that's right. So he's like, hey, big fan right here. Can she just get like one quick picture with you? Because this guy is a movie star. He's in a super. Yeah, he's going to be in the next like Marvel movie, right. even though he's going to. He only has five seconds of his face showing. Yes. I mean, you take what you get. He agrees to take this picture, but then this girl like flops on him. She's like in his lap, like flailing around. He's like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm trying to politely extricate myself from this. Like you can visibly see that. Right. Yeah. He's uncomfortable. Right. I don't know how any of these pictures ended up leading to a conviction. Being legit proof, (laughs) but okay. Yeah. So he gets the fuck out of there reasonably. So now my question to you is, did Jocelyn know about this? slash want this to happen i don't know if she knew about it but then i also feel like maybe because this whole thing seems like a fucking fever dream at this point right and if you're gonna stage one assault you might as well just keep staging assaults of other people unless it was just to make it i don't i don't know i don't fucking know because she kind of seemed a little surprised she did and she was she seemed angry when she found when they were all talking about it at the pitch meeting like she well that we have to we have to get into before that because there's something that i'm super confused about and i don't know why okay well let me help you john i know everything <laughs> clear more clearly than i do because again at this point my brain was 80 percent mush so <laughs> so it's the beginning of episode four we're basically there right yeah yeah we're there this is the part okay she is telling tetros to get the fuck out immediately i mean the minute episode four starts she is like 
Stop fucking talking to me. That's episode five. Oh, episode five. Yeah, because episode Wait, so- four starts. Let me tell you, episode four starts with her, him giving her a bath. And right, I'm sorry. I'm he's sorry. He's shaving her legs for her, and he is going against the grain, my friend. That is it going looks to so give painful. you. That is going to give you razor burn. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. This movie. I mean, that scene. I mean, it should have been a movie. <laughs> this scene in this show was. Like, was there a woman on the set saying, hey, you would not shave somebody's leg this way? I just don't, I don't understand. But we can, we can probably go ahead to, to episode five because the end of episode four is that party with uh, the staged assaults. So go ahead. Oh, okay. So now, all right. So then Yeah, we'll so get- the beginning of episode five, she and Tedros are on thin ice because she's just cheated on him with her ex. And he is obviously upset about it. and Right. And he's just being his obnoxious self. But she is kind of without warning all of a sudden against him. Right. Because this is after she finds out that he orchestrated the whole thing. So she's pissed at him for that. Yes. But she's coming like at him guns blazing. She's, like, she's got like, a ball sack all house. of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden she has a voice, which is so fucking weird. Yeah. And it's I quite was like, kind of sitting there watching it like, did I miss yes. She was fine with him two seconds John, ago. John, I literally have my second note for episode five is, did I miss something? How the fuck did we get here? <laughs> she was literally <laughs> helping him torture people in the last episode. And now she's like, get out of my house. I hate you. <laughs> she's like, I don't need you anymore. He's like, really? You're going to kick out your muse? And she's like, I don't, I got what I needed and I don't need you anymore. Which should have been the hint, but also I wasn't really taking it that way because I don't uh, no, know what she would have gotten not from clear. him. It's not clear. It's not clear. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so, but yeah, like any chance she gets, she's shitting on him. And I'm like, fucking finally, man. Like, yeah. We've been waiting for this. And this is why I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of, I think I'm going to like episode five. I mm-hmm. think it's going to come together for me, which it really doesn't. No. Whatever. So. <sighs> Eli Roth is like, I want to make sure that. I'm You're obsessed good. with him, by the way. Yeah, I just—he was good in this had, in this movie. He too. had great one-liners. Yes. I mean, some a little. Yes, a little, a little. Not, yeah, not the best. But he, one of my favorites was when they offer him a drink, and he's like, "I'll have a water." And then she's like, "Are you sure I can bring you something a little bit more fun?" And he's like, "It's one p.m. in the afternoon. Water is fun. Is very fun. Thank you. <laughs> water is fun. <laughs> like he just gives off this look of like I." I love him so much. Yeah. So he's trying to make sure that he is invested in a person who's actually going to go on tour. So he basically demands like a dress rehearsal sort of type thing to be like, you're good, right? We're good. So everybody comes over, including Nikki, Haim, Destiny. That's it, right? That's all the people. Yeah. Why do I feel like there was one more? I know. I thought there was, but maybe there's not. Oh, well, he has his producer guy who's a real dude, uh, Mike. He's real, though. He's a real producer. I bet. He came out of his car with a full-blown blong. Full-blown <laughs> bong. That's what I was trying to say. Blip, blip, blip. Mike Dean. Right. I knew it was That's two first name. names. <laughs> but I found it funny because you could, A, tell that he's just there to be there and clearly works with The weekend, and that's why he's there. Right, but, like, yeah. he just... <laughs> He's just an ornament. I just, I felt yes. like it was just funny that he just sat in the background and right. was just dealing with yeah. these wackadoos yeah. and it was just whatever. He was probably so high he didn't even know he was on a movie set. Probably, yeah. I mean, he was dealing with something regarding music, so there we go. Yeah, so they they all show up for this and <laughs> fucking Tedros, again, looks like garbage, absolute garbage, is like having them come in and sit down. He's like, do you want some cocaine? I got some cocaine. And everybody's like... 
uh, no, thank you. Can we just watch this thing? Like, what is yeah. going on? And Eli Roth is the whole time. He's like, so where's Jocelyn? Where's Jocelyn? She's nowhere to be seen. And so Destiny is like, hey, like maybe we, uh, Chloe, you can sing your song or whatever. Yeah, she's vouching for them. She's like, these people are talented. You got to right. give them a listen. Yeah. And that's the frustrating thing because to this point, they're like, Tedros is kind of a genius because he's found all of these people who are so Which talented. Nikki is, yeah. Nikki's, Nikki's trying to him. do a backdoor deal here. And she's just like, hey, uh, you need to bring these talents to me directly. Like, let's just not even talk to these other people here. Which I respect. She's got to hustle. Mm-hmm. So Jocelyn finally comes down and she's trying to make this pitch that... These are going to be her openers for her tour. You know, watch them perform. They all do these really awkward dances with their It's like songs. tribal ritual type thing. It's so just, it was weird. strange. Again, cult-like, which now I guess I'm getting it a little bit, but. This is why we were saying earlier, like, I'm so confused that they were all into this. Because at first, Eli Roth is like, ah, I don't want any part of this. And then by the end, he's like really feeling it. He's jamming, he's vibing, and he's on board. And I'm like, wait, what? part of this made you think this was a good idea because all of this seems like garbage to me (laughs) yeah I mean again I don't work in the industry but I didn't thought like except for Chloe again and Xander and their voices I didn't understand I mean we weren't working with like performative theater we're dealing with like stadium shows and literally the most awkward thing is Jocelyn's performance what the fuck was that she was basically doing a striptease he was like, well, I need new shorts or whatever. That was yeah. crazy. And it, which was weird because earlier when that girl was like up on him trying to offer him something more fun than water, he's like, I'm married. Like I have my wedding ring on and stuff. But like apparently when Jocelyn's doing her little dance, that's no problem. Right. Because that's the one that's making him money. Ugh. I was uncomfortable watching it because even though she's a really good dancer, the scene was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, where does, Right, and like you didn't have to wear in? that. Oh, God, she's wearing nothing. She's literally nothing. wearing nothing. It's like It kind of looks like an ice skating uniform. A little bit, except her whole ass was out. Like, <laughs> there was Completely. no hiding in there. So, and I just don't know, like, what part of that makes it to the tour, you know? Like, she's not going to be dancing like that up on stage. Right, and at that point, Eli Ross' character is like, oh my god, like, you worked through the pain, you did it, I see it, like, what the fuck did you, what are you seeing yeah. that I'm not seeing? Right, she still seems incredibly unhinged to me. Right, so. but he's basically <laughs> saying she's cured, Yeah, and uh, let, let's do this. And there's this weird tension between Tedros is trying to say, like, I brought all these people together, I should get all the credit, and Jocelyn's trying to take credit for it, and once again, I'm kind of on Team Tedros here, because he did bring all these people together. He did, and, <laughs> he you know, them. the more he talks the more pissed off she gets and she says to Haim like get him the fuck out of here pay him whatever you have to pay him I don't want him in my house anymore and Haim gives him (gasps) give him the Emmy right now best fucking rendition of Little Red Riding Hood that I've ever heard it was so amazing my entire life i got chills i loved this i i can't believe like in this festival of crap that there was this one beautifully perfect scene i was just obsessed with that i was like damn it this almost makes it worth it (laughs) right like i had fucking chills and i'm sitting there and i'm like again later on i'm reading recaps and stuff to try to make sense of it all and people are like kind of dissing it. And I'm like, absolutely <gasps> not. This is award worthy. This was amazing. I-, I loved it. And he, after he does his rendition of Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. he then gets Tedros into the car and is like, I'm going to give you 
500 fucking grand yeah to get the get fuck, the fuck out, out of here and tedros is like i forget how he was he's like it, she's be- worth so much more than that or whatever. right rips, rips up the check up. such a tool and you think at that point they don't have an agreement right but they end up having an agreement no so they, so that's Heim, where I was yeah so Heim says okay i guess we'll go for plan b which is my favorite and he immediately calls up the reporter from vanity fair i believe who was doing oh, a profile right. on jocelyn and he gets her to pivot and tell the story of this scam artist, basically, who has th- this dodgy background and pretends to know everything about the music business, but is actually a fraud. And so they destroy his reputation. So that's what they're all gloating about when they're, yes. you know, six weeks in the future. What was it? Six months? It's six weeks. No, six, six weeks. weeks. In the future, they're all like, oh, we destroyed that guy. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, I'm with you, but also like, let's relax here. yeah they were i mean so as they are um again we're six weeks in the future they're at the stadium and they're having their conversation about how like we got this fucker out of our lives Mm -hmm. all this is great you see him stroll up in the worst looking fucking suit outfit i've ever once again looking like absolute trash garbage and he goes to the like will call he said is there a pass for me tedros and she's like no i don't have anything here and he's like and she's like would it be under another name and he's like mauricio well he didn't say it like that but i didn't say mauricio like that (laughs) mauricio jackson i really appreciated the accent though you're welcome Well, it's funny because Haim earlier on is like, is he fucking Italian? Like yeah. that, I thought that was funny. <laughs> so sure enough, there's a pass for him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was so pissed off. I was like, you got to be I fucking know. out of your mind. And he ends up walking through the stadium to like where her dressing room is. And she's got her security there. And she's like, can you let her know that I'm here or whatever? And they play a little like gag on him. And they're like, which was oh, so she's good never heard. initially. It was so good because he went like, white as a ghost kind yes. of like and i was like oh shit. shit she left him a ticket just to be like fuck you <laughs> like that would have been great amazing <laughs> so then the guy's like i'm just fucking with you da, da, da. like go in so he goes in and destiny's in there and she's like listen bro i don't give a shit about your past which is wild because his past is not great not great i mean there's literally a whole article about it <laughs> right you can go ahead and read it if you want right like he lost his club he lost everything right and we skip we skipped over this but there's a conversation that destiny has with jocelyn where jocelyn's basically defending his criminal record like oh his ex-girlfriend was crazy which is why you know she hit him first and then like he hit her back <laughs> and destiny's like but he hit her though right <laughs> like we all right we all like heard that. That, that was admitted to and then uh so destiny's like you know i don't give a shit about it but like don't fucking hurt her which i can only i can only find it to be that jocelyn must have given her a heads up because i don't think she because the other ones clearly didn't know yeah right and we'll get to that but so jocelyn comes out and they're talking and she's like i'm really glad you came da 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 and he's standing there and he sees the brush and he goes you said this was the brush that you know your mother used on you and she's like yeah and he goes it's brand new Mm -hmm. they pan to her and she just smiles yeah she gives him this little smirk like oopsie i guess that wasn't true (laughs) and you're just kind of like what the fuck all of that all of that 
So then it's about to be the performance, and everybody, like, again, Nikki, Haim, I'm going to keep seeing Eli. I Wolf know. His name is Andrew. It's not Eli. Andrew. Okay. <laughs> well, now I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, now that we're at the now. end of the episode. They are just so super psyched because 70,000 people are screaming her name. Like, right. We've had this really great tour. Everything's yes. like holding together. Everything seems it's great. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And Jocelyn comes out and she says like her little speech of like, oh, the you know, like I've had usual. a bad year, blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that got me through it was the man, the love of my life, Tedros. And she like brings him out and he looks she so brings- fucking out of place. He's like, what am I doing here? What is happening? Right. Like the suit doesn't fit right. This is the weirdest fucking thing. It's so And bizarre. the three of them are losing their yeah. shit. They're like, where did he come from? Like, I thought we got rid of this guy he's like a fucking termite but she kisses him on stage making it clear to everybody that she's forgiven him and intends to keep him around and that's just like the worst news in the world for us as an audience because what the fuck what what are we doing here why right what did did we learn entire show right he was shitty to her she was shitty to him and it's all okay now so they just played each other back and forth, and it's going to keep happening, right. clearly. And, and as you said, the articles are now trying to frame her as the master manipulator of the whole situation. Like, she knew he was... She just used him yeah. as a muse, and that was it. Right. She needed something from him and got... But then why does she still need him at the end? Like, does she need him to be her muse again? I thought she was done with him. And also, we're just not going to address the problematic history that he had of abuse and then also right. she claimed one of his other charges was that he was a fucking pimp and a bunch of women she was like oh well they all didn't like him for some reason and so they all told the police that he was their pimp and it's like what what <laughs> right like how many people need to come out and have a story about him right to get it through your skull and also just look at him just look at him yeah like, he doesn't look like an upstanding human. And for him, he should probably be upset with her that she misled him about the abuse. And I do feel like we're meant to feel bad for him in this last episode where she right, he, rips when everything she br- away from him. Right. And right. She lets the article happen. All this happens. And then it, because now she now he's her pet at this point. She has a pet. But I think that was the point. I think she needed something that was hers. And because the way she even says it, she's like, now go over there like he's right. under her yeah. her spell now and it's just kind of like but even when he came out he was kind of like what the fuck am i doing here right like he didn't look excited to be there really no love of your life what are you talking about like i mean he just did not know what way was up and ah oh god it was just a very the whole thing was how did we get here? Yeah, it feels all of that to this is just incredibly needless. And to think that there was a completely different outlook on this show that got wiped. Yes, I would love to know what the original show looked like because we know now that when Sam Levinson was brought in, changes were made. And I think it was The Weeknd who didn't like how how the original draft was too from the female perspective. And then they changed it a bit more, I guess, yeah. to to be less from the female perspective. So I would love to know what that first draft looked like because it included a sixth episode, too. So I wonder right. what that would have been. And it's just sad that we'll never know. We'll never know. I mean, to end it that way is fine because, I mean, it's an end. 
but also like fuck. No, and and it's just I understand now why people are freaking out because of the problematic elements involved here and it's mostly the lying about being abused by her mother giving the impression that people do that a lot yeah for clout or for revenge or to get what they want to be manipulative and right and that just hurts people who have actually been abused and need to come forward with it so that's always damaging and then the the rape thing too yeah the rape accusation where now like a man's being falsely accused of rape when more often than not women are not falsely reporting rapes right so for that to become a part of this story and then to just let it be right it's so fucked it doesn't really get addressed no and again it was it's jocelyn also seeming a bit surprised but also just letting it happen like she did not defend him at all and that was during maybe that could have hinted towards her manipulation because it was at the time that she was like hating on Tedros and being like get the fuck out of my house like I don't so you would think that if she didn't know this was happening she'd be up in arms like who the fuck did this to him like why would this happen well, like that she, picture's fake she did kind of push back on it a little bit but not enough not enough well, to defend what, him what is she gonna do and again like was it proven that it, the picture was taken at her house I mean like did it get that far I like have, that's another I have no thing idea. I have say no idea. like it's it's fucking dumb it's stupid yeah this I mean, whole show was stupid yes <laughs> just the the choices that were being made are so bizarre to me the the things that they chose to address and how they chose to address them it was just kind of like what that that was interesting <laughs> yeah yeah I love though how a lot of the articles were just like did these people did they ever have sex before yeah well do they know how to have sex and it's just like yeah i mean i I don't think any of these scenarios were very um voluntary i did you know think what I mean? well like, i did think that her when she and her ex had sex that was probably the hottest that was probably the sex most scene. realistic one yeah and he was pretty attractive so it was nice to to see that happening and again like let's just go back to the fact that like there's just no way in any universe that a a girl who looks like Jocelyn ends up with a guy who looks like Tedros. There's just no universe in which that happens. (laughs) But I wonder if now that she has him under her control, will she give him a makeover? (laughs) I think that's the only thing I want to know. Will she cut the rat tail off, give him more tailored clothing? I mean, we can only hope, right? Like, I don't. And I guess I guess that that begs the question more of like, what's she going to use him for at this point? Because she doesn't really need him anymore. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the scene where he fingers her in front of everybody when they're recording that one song. (gasps) Yes. Like they do the same thing that they did in private, but now they do it in front of an entire room full of people. I forgot about that and nobody says a word. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, um, that's how that's how we're doing this, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but like doesn't say a word. Yeah. I just kind of like. Don't ask anybody to leave. I think like Leia tries to go to the bathroom. He's like, don't go anywhere. Oh yeah, they're like, no, don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> you must Speaking stay Leia, here and watch me. <laughs> Leia was smart. Leia got out. Yes. Leia her. left. I, I think that's yeah. how that had to end. That had to end. She needed to free herself from this bullshit because I think at that point she knew 
Well, yeah, because... I can't take the lies anymore. Yeah, and Jocelyn was mistreating her and did not stick up for her nearly enough, especially because Tedros was so awful to her. So mean. Like, so so nasty. Like, called her all these names all the time. Like, basically called her stupid. Mm -hmm. I think at one point he's like, are you dumb? Are you fucking stupid? Like, it's like, wow, you are fucking awful. Yeah, like, he's such a tool. And she doesn't... And Jocelyn doesn't do anything to protect her, really. It's like... So I think maybe she showed her true colors a bit. And then Leia was like, I'm fucking out of here. So good for her. I hope she's doing well. (laughs) Yes. I'd love to know what she wrote in the letter, though. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Bye. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. I mean, did you do you feel like you've gotten to discuss all of the things that were burdening you? There was (laughs) wasn't really a burden. It was funny. Um, I think it was in episode four beginning where the maids. Are cleaning. Oh yeah, and they're talking shit about. They're them. talking shit, and then they're like ripping dildos off the yes. bathroom wall. Can you and imagine like, what oh, they see? Like, I'm sure that's oh realistic. My God. Just to listening some to them, they're like, "We don't get paid enough for this." Like, it was I'm so sure fucking they funny. Yeah, they must see all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, and and man, they must pay them really well to not go like directly to the tabloids and give them right? all the info, or for them to quit. Yeah, like I feel like I don't. I, yeah, they have to get paid something. Mm-hmm. Hush something money. very well. Maybe yeah. they sign NDAs or something. But damn. Because, yeah, you could see just the two of them talking together and they're just like, God, what the fuck are we dealing with? <laughs> but I found that so funny. I was just kind of like, wow, they literally just ripped a dildo off the wall. Like yeah. That. But it's weird. I found like, or I felt that they had their own little haven in the house. Like they weren't strewed upon the entire house. Like, they kind of had their own little, like, area where they just had, like, sleeping bags. Ooh, the coven? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they seemed to be into the whole communal living situation where they were all so, just, like... So, like, she kept them in, like, the basement together. or whatever yeah. the basement was. Right. Yeah, because they weren't really, like, out and about except for maybe, like, the main area where the piano is. Right. But, like, that's and they it. weren't, like, sleeping in any bedrooms or, you no. know, it seemed like they were on the floor. But that might be part of the whole cult thingy of, like, you guys sleep on like, the floor. Like, if they were to lit a fire, I wouldn't have been surprised because it just looked <laughs> like that, kind of. The grease would have sent it right up in flames. Oh, God. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I got it all off my chest. Oh, God, I'm so was, glad. <laughs> this was something that, again, I was really hoping. I mean, again, it's an A24 show. It's it's so, the potential was there. And then, like, you know, you think, oh, Sam Levinson, Euphoria, like, the great fucking show. Like, how can he fuck this one up? And it's like, oh, God, but he can. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Sam Levinson. I feel like he's. I think he drank the Kool-Aid of just. Oh, I have The weekend on this project. I, I honestly feel like the show was just a vehicle for The weekend's mu- music because I feel like that was most of the soundtrack. And so maybe it was just like an elaborate music video. <laughs> I did like his rendition of Jealous Boy. Yeah. Right? Jealous Boy. I thought all the music was good. And, and even actually the instrumental stuff, like the theme, the theme yeah. of the show, I really liked that. Everything but Jocelyn's music was good. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would have loved it, to hear that I, whole album. Yeah. I would have loved to know how much of the muse helped her because we only got that one song. Um, so no, I mean we got we got a couple more. That one about was like I don't want to the void filling the void. Oh, 
That one, that one was gross because it was literally like, I don't want to make any decisions. I just want to let my man make those decisions. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was like, ew. I guess it reflected her headspace at the time. But I mean, yeah, not great messaging, but oh, well. That was the idol, everybody. Yeah. It was an interesting break from Riverdale. It was. It definitely was. It was fun to talk about something different. <laughs> and yet equally, equally horrible. Chaotic, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> chaotic, horrible, however you want to say it. So no more Riverdale breaks after this. Yeah, it's just a push to the end. Push to the end of August, guys. Yikes. So if you've been with us this far, stick it out. We're almost done. And you know where to find us otherwise. Twitter, Instagram, website for all of the fun updates. Again, after Riverdale, we got another show for you that's very exciting. <laughs> oh, yes. Very exciting. Been in the vault for a while now. It has, which makes it even better because <laughs> it's just us coming back and remembering the fun times we had with it. And then we'll be like doing movies again. Yay! Which I'm excited for. I miss movies. So uh, definitely keep in touch and we will keep you updated. Is there anything you would like to add? Honestly, July 18th is a pretty lame day for holidays. Boo. So the best one I think is it's National Sour Candy Day. So if you All like right. sour candy, Sour Patch Watermelon represent. I'm not a big sour candy person myself. Do you remember Warheads? Warheads were the shit. I remember when they first came out and you used to be able to trick people very easily and being like, oh, would you like a candy? And then you just like fuck somebody over real hard with like the black cherry one that was just like acid in your mouth. And then see, the- I didn't mind that one. Oh, see, like there were there were some flavors that were like extra The awful. pink fucking killed. The pink was <laughs> a rough one. Yeah, I don't understand necessarily, but. But yeah, I like all any sour gummies. I like them in moderation. Like they're not my go-to candy. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, if you guys are celebrating, that's the uh, 18th. Yep. That is today. Go get your gummies, your sour gummies. So enjoy. And until next time.